When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Football Social Daily Premier League Updates. Welcome to Football Social Daily, your only daily Premier League podcast. Seven days a week, we'll bring you news and opinion on the best league in the world. So hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and never miss a show again. On today's show, did Jurgen Klopp make the right decision in the Carabao Cup? Liverpool's youngsters thrashed, expectedly, admittedly, in the quarterfinals of the Carabao Cup by Aston Villa. Should the Reds have forfeited the competition, just like Manchester United did all those years ago. We'll discuss that as well as putting the spotlights on the other quarterfinal fixtures tonight, which include Manchester United against Colchester of League Two, Oxford against Man City and Everton against Leicester. I'm Niall. Alongside me in the studio today, we've got Stefan Armstrong. Hello, Stefan. Now, how's it going? I've got a bit of a heady, heavy head after uh, the Liverpool Villa game last night. Oh, you so... drink a few beers watching it. Yeah, it was, it was entertaining. One per shot, one per goal. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Beer per goal. But what, why are you spinning in your hands there? You've got um, like a I've snowman got a... on a stick. I know, I know. I know there's no video feeds, but um, we've got a really sinister kind of snowman on a stick going on here. So I'm just going <laughs> to prod it towards people uh, throughout the show. And if you can hear that, then good luck. <laughs> okay. A nice visual cue for everyone listening at home. We've also got Marley Anson. Hello, Marley. How are you doing? Hello, yeah. Yeah, did, not bad. Did not you bad. drink as many beers as Stefan did last night watching the football? No, it's Christmas party tomorrow, isn't it? Of so, course it is. And then oh, I've got, then I've got my, my mate's Christmas party on Saturday as well. So Oh, he's stacked for Christmas parties. It's uh, yeah. sports social Christmas party season by the sounds of it. Uh, and we've also got joining us making his uh, Football Social Daily debut. We've got Cameron Green. Hello, mate. Hola. Um, I can't, I'm stunned at what you said to me before you came to the studio. You said you think Christmas dinner is overrated. I do. I, I 100% what? agree. Marley, Christmas dinner come on. Is... Marley, stand by my side okay, here. What, uh, what's overrated there's, about it? There's one easy way to solve this, right? Who eats turkey apart from at Christmas? Nobody, ever. But a roast it's dinner. A, it's a poor bird. That's <laughs> a poor man's roast dinner. But what roast dinner do you have pigs in blankets stuffing? More gravy than you should normally have. Nah, to be honest with you, for our starter at Christmas, we have lasagna. Bit weird, that, isn't oh. it? That's a very filling Christmas dinner. <laughs> lasagna for, for some starter. Reason, that just doesn't surprise me about you, Stefan. <laughs> Is that a German thing? What do you have but, for after's bloody sauerkraut? Stolen, or stolen cake. <laughs> what? Stolen. 
What the hell's that? Stolen is a fluffy white Christmas cake. I know you're from. I know you're from quite far north in England, but you surely know what stolen is. Mate, we have Kendall mint cake. (laughs) That'll do. That'll do. I think we'll leave it there, and maybe uh, if we get stuck for things to sort out. Yeah, exactly. Cameron can tell (laughs) us about his uh, fairy liquid potato story, which was just us amazed (laughs) at the start. Anyway, let's get cracking and talk about the football. Aston Villa five, Liverpool Mm. nil in the Carabao Cup quarterfinal last night. Jim Salverson was uh, rubbing his hands together a couple of days ago because he said eight to one that you could get for Liverpool to win that game. But to be honest, it was never going to happen, I don't think. And Aston Villa showed that they weren't really taking any prisoners. Liverpool were knocked out quite convincingly in the end. We we yeah. went eighteen to one for one Villa, which didn't happen, but wasn't ne- that, nearly wasn't happened. Far off. Right wasn't far goals, off. Yeah, right amount of goals predicted. Do you know what? It it was really weird. It was really weird emotional night last night. I'll tell you for why. I really wanted you were drinking too much. <laughs> yeah, drink, drinking too much. <laughs> yeah. Nah, I really wanted Liverpool to get absolutely whooped last night. I really wanted that to happen. And then as it was happening, I just felt really sorry for them. And really everything in my body wanted Liverpool to come back and to win 5-4 or something. Is that because there were youngsters on the pitch? Is that because yeah. Liverpool basically put out their team of under-23s? Should your frustration for Liverpool's youngsters not have been channeled towards Jurgen Klopp? for putting them in that position in the first place. Because actually, although people will say it's an experience, they've been belted 5-0 in the quarterfinal. And they're obviously their first experience of playing against the Premier League team. It's not really a good experience, is it? And a lot of these players, that'll probably be their only experience of that level of football match, which is a shame, isn't it? But I don't understand why at least a few first-team players didn't stay behind. Why not leave three or four first-team players behind who can kind of bring a bit of structure to the game. The game was so slow last night. It was it was quite a boring watch, to be honest. It was so, so slow. Um, and you really saw the difference between, you know, a Premier League team and a youth team. Yeah, I mean, we discussed this on yesterday's podcast saying we thought the reason that Jurgen Klopp might not have decided to leave some senior players behind is just because they're on the verge of winning a title for the first time in 30 years. And maybe if you kind of leave half the team at home and take half the team away, does that kind of show a, a little bit of favouritism? You can go and play with the kids. We're going to take these players over to Qatar. I think maybe it's not worth the kind of rift that you generate in the squad on that sense. But should Liverpool have quit the competition? Should they have forfeited the competition, Marley? Because now the more I think about it, the more I think they probably should have done, really. Uh, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't see why they should have because... It just looks it looks really bad if you forfeit a competition and like they these lads although they clearly weren't ready for the the level of opposition they had there was always a chance of them winning and there's always a chance of like forming a sort of proper understanding of what it is like that's the level they're trying to get to so there'll be there'll be guys I don't think they played that bad last night I mean they, yeah they lost five nil but the actual performance they weren't awful. Like a couple of goals are really unlucky with, uh, particularly the, the, the own goal. To like that was just after the first as well. So if that hadn't gone in, they might have had a got a foothold in the game and, and started playing a bit. Um, but the likes of like Harvey Elliott and the goalkeeper's not too bad. Um, there's <laughs> Vandenberg at the back and Hoover. Is it Hoover? I forget how you pronounce it. I know who you're talking. I'm about. just. I'm going to call him Hoover. Um, he Other plays. brands think, are available. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know that that's the level they've got to get to. And sometimes, you know, iron sharpens iron, or whatever that saying is. It's steel metal sharpens metal, or something. Next time you want to say it, get it right. It's like three podcasts. I was, I was, I was, I was, I was meant to snowman near you for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I did. The, I 
you forgot to Google it as well. I said <laughs> it on this. We know what you're podcast. saying. We know what you're saying. Yeah. And, but and yeah, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to sometimes throw yourself in there, and it might look like he's been thrown to the wolves. Those, um, those players, but end of the day, they'll know what it's like now to play against a Premier League team, even though it was under strength. Mm. Jurgen Klopp obviously would have had this discussion with those people at Liverpool as to whether to, you know, pull out of the competition. Manchester United did it a few years ago. I think they've done it twice, Manchester United. I think they quit the FA Cup, actually. Is this something that Jurgen Klopp should have considered maybe more seriously, or is he basically, in a roundabout way, thrown the competition anyway by playing his kids? He didn't really have much of a choice, to be honest, did he? If I may, I think the the team that he selected a couple of matches before, when they were struggling in the last fixture, you could see Jurgen Klopp on the touchline smiling, and then it was almost as the camera went on him and he started to look a bit more... Withdrawn, like, oh God, oh, what yeah. can I do now to change this game? Those players last night were playing for their future in part of that squad, not for the future in that competition. Because what would have mm. happened if they would have won and they would have gone into the next round? Would he have then stuck with that that same group of players no. again in the yeah, semi-final? Definitely not. No. Probably dropped them so on, yeah. they're coming out and they're come. He's saying to them, right, you're going to play this game. Um, basically go out and have a kick about almost because you're not going to get any more matches in this competition mm. but you might be able to play your way into the wider squad maybe they're not going to get many more games are they like i think some of the players probably won't it's a harsh reality isn't it that of those yeah. 11 players that started yeah. probably only three or four will make it as liverpool first teamers but but you're yeah. you're a liverpool fan right i'm an everton fan oh you're um, an everton I'll fan i take <laughs> a front to that <laughs> oh you, my word do, do you kind of do have you, a fight in, in that in that case <laughs> then do you kind of hope that somehow I know this is probably not going to happen but somehow this is the wheels of this Liverpool match slowly falling off losing a bit of momentum out of a cup hopefully lose a couple now like in the build up to Christmas if, if the, in that metaphor of the wheels coming off you imagine there's some sort of unstoppable vehicle then he's conserving his petrol to go through go a little bit further in other <laughs> competitions got, yeah, he, um, we'll talk about Liverpool's title charge as well a little bit later because Leicester City uh, their next two games were against Man City and Liverpool back-to-back, Saturday and then Boxing Day. So oh, if their class, title challenge is serious, we'll soon find out after Christmas whether it is. What about Aston Villa then? A good needed confidence boost for them, Marley, because obviously mm. they've got some big games coming up as well as they fight off relegation. Yeah, um, I think the a sort of telling thing was that um, when they were... 4-0 up, they put Wesley on. <laughs> like they're 20, what was he, 25 million or something? He looked massive as well, didn't he, when yeah, he came and on? Yeah, put him on, go and play with the kids and get yourself a goal. Yeah, and then 13-year-olds, he, he looks huge. And he did it, he, he did it. So clearly like using it as a, a morale booster because, you know, they, they need it. It, it looks good on paper though, doesn't it? 5-0 against Liverpool. Yeah. It's classic. I did see someone on Twitter say, imagine in 25 years' time, people looking back saying, how did the European champions and Premier League champions get whooped 5-0 by relegated yeah. Aston Villa in, yeah. the, in the cup quarter? Um, Don't worry, there'll be a Liverpool that hand going, it was just our kids. It's yeah, just our yeah. Kids. Oh, it wasn't really some, if Twitter's still a thing uh, in 25 years' time. What about Wesley? Because... I said to you just before we came into the studio, Marley. I just, mm. I just don't fancy him. I just don't think he looks that good. And that maybe I'm, I've, I don't want to say I've not given him a chance because we're now what six months halfway through the season, and yeah, he's not, games in, yeah. not quite doing it for me at this moment in time. Yeah, he's got what three or four, three four goals, something like that. Not, mm. not many. Not loads. Um, I think when he's just he's come. For, it's a big step up from Belgium to to the Premier League. Um, you lot, a lot of the time you see players go. From Belgium to Germany or Holland, and then come to the Premier League. Sure. But he's he's jumped straight through because the the national team at Belgium is so good, 
and the they're all coming from Belgian clubs. Their academies are, are top. The, the likes of Genk yeah, and Ghent have produced, you know, De Bruyne and Hazard over the years, and there's been a lot of good players pass through their their sort of youth setups. And Wesley's he's still young. I think he's only he's only about 23, isn't he? Um, yeah, he's not he, very old. He needs to. I think he just needs to acclimatize a little bit more. If he gets the rest of this season, I think next season will be the one where you start to properly judge him. Um, but physically, he's he's ready for it. He's absolutely he's a beast of a man. He resembles a bit like similar to Lukaku. Mm. Um, he's he's quick for his size. He's very very strong. He just needs to learn the tricks a bit of of the Premier League because it's such a step up being marked by a, a defender in the Belgian league and then being marked by like Van Dijk or or someone Laporte someone like that. I also love strikers who have a first name as a surname. It's classic. Just all Brazilians. Wesley. Wesley. All Brazilians like Fred at Manchester United <laughs> yeah, as well is Fred. another example. What would yeah. your Brazilian name be, Steph? Just Steph. Uh, Stefan. Yes. Steph. Steph. Stefano. Stefano. That's Stefano. like Italian. Italian it's an yeah. Italian name. Um, when Aston Villa scored their second goal, you said it was a bit of a lucky goal, Stefan, the deflection. El Mohamedy stood there with his arms outstretched. Yeah, almost, good on him. Almost representing, you know, the... Uh, Christ the Redeemer. Christ the Redeemer, that's exactly what <laughs> I was going in for. Villa's season. Um, maybe, perhaps, <laughs> perhaps. Impossible. But a lot of people on Twitter were giving him stick for celebrating like that. He's just scored a goal in a quarter-final yeah. for Aston Villa. Well, he didn't the team score he the goal, though, did he? Well, good on him. It was, it to was be the honest. most obvious own goal you've ever seen. I think he was shocked it went in, to be fair. That's why he stood there like that, like, I can't believe well, it. A lot yeah. of people giving him pelters for his celebration. I mean, why are people asked? In a career as storied, as El Mohamedy, didn't he just play for Wigan? I feel like El Mohamedy has played for. He's played for Sunderland, he's... which is why I'm firmly on the why did he celebrate like that? <laughs> I, I, I just don't like him. Over the years, he's been he's a bit of a bit of a shit house basically. He'll try and rub it in and stuff, and he's just a bit. He just he rubs you up the wrong way. It was almost Cantona esque. Remember when Cantona scored that chip? And he was there like that, yeah, you know, with his yeah. arms out. And yeah, I seen the screenshots. I was like, "What's he done?" And then I looked on the on the guy's the score center app. Yeah, and I was like, "He's not scored because it said own goal." And I was like, "All oh, right, okay, he's, he he caused an own goal. It's like, <laughs> he scores, he scored, he caused it goal. like you've, <laughs> good on him, like a goal against Liverpool. Celebrate how you want. You like a bit of that, Stefan, don't I you? A bit that, of needle, like the knee slide. Yeah, inside, in front inside of the, the stadium. Fans. That's what it's all about. It's the fear of it. Couldn't agree more. You need players like that. You need your showman in the team. Like when you imagine if you had a team of just boring plastic footballers who, after every game, come to the press conference and was like. It's a team effort. We played well. I personally would like Al Mohammadi to go out there and say, "I'm the Elvis of Aston Villa. <laughs> I am. I am your showman. I will make this happen." <laughs> Very so, good. I am second choice right back, and when I get a, when I get a chance, I will celebrate as if I've won the World Cup. These players, <laughs> nah, like Elma, I, I know they haven't. You've just said it's from someone, but I f- I f- in my head, I feel like he's played for Aston Villa since 2004. Like, all, all of these names are the same every year at Aston Villa. He is, omni- I mean? he is almost omniscient, omnipresent. And like, I was, it's so weird thinking about El Mohamedy the other day. I, I remember him since like the beginning of time almost. He's, he's been around. It's weird, isn't it? <laughs> How old he is lingers. he, El He's a lingerer. Yeah, that's it. Bingo. Well, well, there's two, isn't there? there's... He must be well into his 30s now, right? There's El Mohamedy and El Akhmadi, and I get confused. Is, is there an El Ghazi as well? There is an El Ghazi. There is an El Ghazi. 
Aston Villa fans, fight your corner at the Sports Social on Twitter. Get involved on social media. Let us know what you think. Only 32? No way. Not having it. He was born at 32 and he's been 32 (laughs) for 50 years. Benjamin, the Benjamin Benjamin Button of the Premier League. Anyway, let's talk about the rest of the Carabao Cup games just quickly. Manchester United taking on Colchester of League Two. The last time United played a uh, a Football League side in Rochdale, it was a bit of a struggle for them. But Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, Stefan, decided to put out again the youth. Do you think yeah. we might see that again tonight? Um, I'm, yeah, I think I think the youth will get a bit of a shout tonight. Um, my mate uh, Ben's going along to the match tonight and he's going to bring his York City scarf and he's, he's in the away end with the Colchester fans and he's just going to stand up like that and just say, believe, because uh, York City did it in 1995 at Old Trafford and 1-3-1. So Colchester can do it tonight. Come on, Colchester. <laughs> he might get some digs for that. You know? <laughs> Why would you take an opposing team's scarf to a game? It, it, it's brotherhood, isn't it? Solidarity. Uh, do you absolutely. really think that any of those Colchester fans know what happened in 1995 at Old Trafford? Do you know what? By, by about uh, 8.45 tonight, they will. <laughs> yeah. You've seen, um, what you call it, uh, Creed, that movie Creed. Yeah. There's a scene in the end where there's a... A boxing match at Goodison Park. It was huge. Oh, Sylvester is that the one that Tony Bell in it. Sylvester Stallone right. turns up oh, at half time, Everton versus West Brom, and says, "Right, I want everyone to cheer and go mad." So everyone's cheering, going mad, and it's supposed to be the inside of the boxing, the boxing match. Yeah. Liverpool fan turns up with the scarf and absolutely ruins it. Everyone's got their Everton <laughs> scarves out for Tony Bellew. This Liverpool fan turned up to spite us, and he got away with it. It's in the film. I was fuming. Not happy, uh, opposition scarves. Now, on a serious note, I, th- I think youth will get a shout tonight, um, <laughs> and I, c- I can see it being closer than what you think. But sim- similar to the Rochdale game, maybe two nil or something like that, three nil. United can't play through that low block all season with, when they've not had Pogba and the midfields like it's got a lot of legs and it's got a lot of heart and desire, but doesn't have that eagle-eyed passer who mm. can put it through the channels to the quick runners. They do struggle to play through those low blocks. but This would have been quality. a good time to, to reintroduce Paul Pogba to the fray. I think he's been recovering from an ankle injury, you think, against some, uh, some weak... Hasn't or... he got an illness after his well, brother's wedding? Well, that's exactly Does what that I was about... Does that just mean a hangover? That was exactly oh, wow. what I was about to come on to. On <laughs> I think Friday, I'm going to have an illness on Friday. <laughs> I, well, on Friday, he was given permission to attend his brother's wedding. On Saturday, he felt ill, and it went worse into Sunday. <laughs> Oli Gunnar Solskjaer said he's missed about three days of training, Paul Pogba. But he is close to a return from an ankle injury. What a hangover he's been that set is. Back by a hangover. That is a three-day day hangover. That was a one great wedding. I don't know. I mean, he's a great player, isn't he? But he's a disruptive player. And when Paul Pogba plays, we're just talking about him. Every time we do kind of like a preview in this studio about a Man United game, we just talk about Pogba. We've not done that for months. Which is it does been a feel relief. like he's been out for an eternity, but mm. they'll be glad when they do get him back because they've sort of turned the corner of late Manchester United, haven't they? Yeah, the um, they're starting to get better. I mean, Fred's starting to look like a footballer, which is rare because he at the first great neighbour when he first airs <laughs> another one. Um, they need someone really um, like um, Cameron said. It's you need to get through that like low block. You need that passer. And mm. to be honest, Pogba's probably the best one they've got. They need someone creative, don't so, they? So, yeah. If somebody is going to do something to break down a stubborn defenceman, Colchester aren't going to go to Man United and, and attack and try and pick them off on the counter-attack. It's not really going to be their game. So they are going to probably rely on like set pieces and stuff. So that would suggest Man United would probably have like 70% of the ball. But Pogba would be perfect to try and break that down a long shot or or a pass to someone like Daniel James to break the line and get in behind them, but 
him he's got or a hangover. He's had a few too many he's beers. Got hangover. So. He's got a hangover, so he can't play. Paul Pogba we're talking about, of course. Manchester United take on Colchester. Oxford United take on Manchester mm. City. Um, we saw Man City last season, Cameron, taking on the likes of Burton and giving him a real hiding. Do you think we'll see the same thing again tonight against Oxford? God, I mean, I, I can't. Pep Guardiola's probably had sleepless nights over that fixture. <laughs> it's It must be a terrifying prospect for him. I mean, having, having spent the last couple of years having to really battle the way through the Carabao Cup with an absolutely hellish set of draws, <laughs> this, this one really takes the biscuit. Um, and City, is, the squad is so huge as well. That's going to be a real opportunity for them to bring some players through. I wouldn't be surprised to see Phil Foden. It'd be good to see him start, to be honest. He had a cracking game last time out, making loads of chances. So he, he could start. And the, they are trying to phase David Silver out, obviously. So this could be a perfect opportunity Is, is it at Oxford or at... Um, it's at Oxford, Oxford. the famous three-sided Kassam Stadium, oh. where they've only got three stands. The one, one of them behind the goal leads straight into the car park. So, <laughs> um, But Oxford, let's not forget, hammered West Ham 4-0 earlier yeah. in this competition, Marley. So there, there's a chance. They've always got a chance. Oh, well, yeah, but there's a bit of a difference between Man City and West Ham, as Jim will tell you, to be <laughs> honest. Um, yeah, did West Ham probably played Roberto in that game as well, as, as we've, we've, we've <laughs> spent many an uh, hour discussing the form of Roberto in our office over the uh, course of this season. But uh, to be honest, I think Oxford's best chance is the fact that it's at home and if I'm assuming the pitch isn't quite as smooth and flat as it is it. Oh no, there's the a guy with a hose pipe out now making yeah. sure it's horrible. I'm pretty sure they've been out with the pitchforks churning it up and stuff and trying to disrupt City as they uh, as much as they can. Uh, they will still ship five or six. I think City will City will walk it. I'd like to see Tommy Doyle play as well. Like you need to have more youth. They need mm. to bring more youth through. So the likes of like Foden will probably start. Um, he was excellent in the Champions League in the week um, and at the weekend as well. So people like Tommy Doyle and Howard Bellis and Eric Garcia. Yes. These guys need to play. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. And certainly what we've seen in Manchester City's Cup games against the uh, the lesser opposition over the last couple of seasons under Pep is that he is willing to integrate the senior players with some of the more youthful players. We saw that yeah. against Burton, which is... Remember what, Burton, the Burton game, he went with such a strong it, team, he did. won 9-0 and it was Exactly, like, yeah, which is not what Jurgen Klopp did uh, last night in the Aston Villa game, of course. To your team then, Cameron, Everton playing Leicester. Rejuvenated Everton, it has to be said. Feeling's good. The feeling's back at Goodison Park now yeah. under Duncan Ferguson. Reports claiming that Carlo Ancelotti's been staying... How have you managed that? <laughs> in a suite in Royal Albert Dock oh, for three days, overlooking... <sighs> Uh, overlooking which I think puts it in a quite obvious hotel location in the city centre of Liverpool so if you want to know where Carlo Ancelotti is <laughs> he's in the suite oh, at the top of the Hilton oh, come, on, <laughs> come, on, come on having Ancelotti as your manager that must, that's just Christmas isn't it I don't think we've turned a corner I think we've found a roundabout and gone a full 360 like the players under Silva didn't seem to be playing for him quite so much having seen quite a lot of him the likes of uh, Gilfie Sigurdsson there was posters all around Liverpool, like, missing, have you seen this man? <laughs> he, he haunted Goodison Park for a good six weeks, just floating around the pitch, not really doing anything. And then if teams are an extension of the manager, there's no better epitome of that than mm. this Duncan Ferguson, Everton side, who mm. chase with such tenacity every ball. I was awfully worried that we'd be chasing around United's midfield and they were going to run rings round us, but playing... Mason Idrissa, oh sorry, I'm getting mixed up with Idrissa Gay now. Mason Holgate mm. in defensive midfield. 
and he was just sweeping everything up. Yeah. And he was immense. I think he's it, a top it, little player. In what, what what's Duncan Ferguson got that Silva hasn't, and what does Ancelotti have that Ferguson hasn't? That's what about that for a question. conundrum? That is wow. that is a real. That's conundrum. the best question you've ever asked on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he's just lit in a cigar, Steph, and he's <laughs> his feet up and pour, pouring a glass of whiskey. He's happy. If, if I had to hazard a guess, I'd say uh, Silva uh, sort of faced the same problem that managers had before in that. Duncan Ferguson is is a massive part of Everton Football Club and all the fans will agree that he he sort of epitomises what the club's about. So a few years ago, Coman banned him from coming to the training ground and all the players were a bit like, well, what are you doing here? Because they've been working with him Mm. for years and he's he's their mate as well as a mentor. Silver then is supposedly throws him out and brings in Luis Beaumorte as assistant manager. Um... Not, uh, not insinuating there was anything going on there, but there was some very well-publicised bad blood between those two a few years ago when Lewis Bermorte was playing for Fulham. Um, so then Dominic Calvert-Lewin says when he scores, and he's got two man-of-the-match performances as well against big teams, he comes back and says, yeah, I, I was I was playing for Duncan. And I think that's it. Like The players were coming out and yeah. playing for the mate. Mm-hmm. And, uh, God, you can see Bill Kenwright on the sidelines. He, he looks like he's going to pop. Little Bill, he's chuffed. <laughs> and uh, it's it's just bringing the feel good factor back. Mm. Goodison really responds but to it. Is that going to disappear football. when Ancelotti comes in? Though um, Ancelotti, I see as as a real continuity manager. Like he he's really good at taking the best players in a squad and finding a system that works for all of them. And crucially, he says he's going to keep Duncan Ferguson in the fold as part of the coaching staff. Mm. He's going to br- he reckon he's going to bring in his son. Who's uh, who he worked with at Napoli? Yeah, he was, he was his assistant at Napoli, I yeah. think. Yeah, uh, maybe the Italian connection's going to work with Moyes Keane. I think yeah. just you've just got to get the midfield and the defence. Just Everton football, as much as some Evertonians will hate me for saying it, is is aggressive and is so nasty. Mm. And uh, if he if he wants the team to play like that, then. He, there's no real comparison between them they're probably very different managers but Ancelotti's got the nows to be able to pick out what's best about this group of players and get the best out of them and if and that's Ancelotti's that is, always had quite nasty teams as well if you think back to like the great AC Milan team Gattuso. you've got Gattuso there just the governor at the back it's almost a contrast though because if you think of him as a man and in his post-match press conferences and talking to the media and stuff Ancelotti doesn't look like he would Bite your head off in the he, dressing room. He does. He time. looks like a don, man. He's he's the mafia boss. <laughs> yeah, he looks like he behind probably, closed doors. He looks like, like, like you probably slip a bit of poison in your wine. He wouldn't probably <laughs> cut your head off. That he's not that sort of guy. Do you yeah. know what I mean? But, Next uh, time Sigurdsson has a bad game, he's going to wake up with a horse's head in his bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the black cross See, on the Seamus Coleman, the, the Irishman. The I can't wait. <laughs> Preseason <laughs> training in Sicily. Uh, Love it. Oh. We'll have to see they're all dressed up in tuxedos on the way there. Um, <laughs> this is Football Social Daily, your only daily Premier League podcast. So hit subscribe. You'll never miss another show again. We're going to take a quick break but afterwards we'll be talking about Leicester City who face Everton in the Carabao Cup quarter final this evening as well as having to face Manchester City and Liverpool back to back in their next two Premier League fixtures don't go away Football Social Daily subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode Football Social Daily Premier League updates Welcome back to Football Social Daily from the Sports Social. I'm Niall. Alongside me in the studio, we've got Cameron, Stefan and Marley. We've been talking about the Carabao Cup quarterfinal fixtures which are taking place tonight. One of which, Everton versus Leicester. We've just spoken about Everton, so let's focus on Leicester. Will Brendan Rodgers, Marley, field a 
a full-strength squad against Everton, do you think, tonight? Because I'm sure their focus will be on cementing themselves a Champions League spot. Um, I think he will. I think he'll go full-strength, to be honest. Um, I think with Leicester finish, like with the Carabao Cup finishing in February, it's practically out of the way by the time you get to... Mm. When when the time it finishes, you've still got March, April and half of May to, to cement. That's when Champions League's Champions League spots will get decided and cemented, but it's a bit too early at the minute to say this game will distract us too much from that. And in the previous games as well, they've they've, they've rested the likes of Harvey Barnes and Damari Gray yeah. and Iosi Perez, so they've still got options to bring in. Nacho's played the last two Premier League games, so mm. he might drop out and Iosi Perez comes in and there's not much of a difference between them in terms of ability and the way they play. Mm. Um, they've got players like Dennis Pryat and... Wes Morgan and Christian Fuchs to come in and Justin as well, the fullback. Is it James James, James Justin. Justin? He's not he's not, not played a Premier League game, I don't think. I think he he's made been... his he made his he come off the bench at the weekend, I think. Okay, that, that would be his, his first appearance. First one, he's made yeah. every squad, but yeah. he's never played, so yeah, maybe but he might get a game. They've got options, so they've got enough to, to compete with with two competitions until mm. February and then so I think you might as well go for it because as much as the Champions Champions League place is good and you might even get third or or maybe even second. You something you need something to put in that trophy yeah. cabinet, and they're good enough to win it. Yeah, I totally agree. I think with the form that Leicester are in, and as Marley says, they are good enough to win it. And the teams that are left in the competition, I mean, you've got Aston Villa already through, but you look at Everton, Manchester United, uh, Oxford, or Manchester City. I think there's that, good feeling in there you know, with Leicester. Leicester like. can fancy themselves against any of those teams, including yeah. Man City right now. Yeah, to be honest with you, as long as they avoid Man City in the semi final, then. The, I'd probably say they may be favourites to get to a final. Why not? Get some silverware. Come exactly. on, Leicester. That's what football's all about. Yeah. It? No, no, but I mean, it's such a feel-good factor around Leicester right now. Why not just play a full-strength team and go for a win and get a, get a cup? Sounds great. Fancy Leicester to beat Everton tonight? Um, where is it? Goodison? To Goodison, yeah. Uh, I might go. I think it'll be scrappy, but yeah, probably on paper I fancy Leicester, yeah. Um, on paper, where do you fancy Leicester to finish in the Premier League this season? Marley says third or possibly second. I don't see any reason I, to disagree with him. I think I think third. I don't think they'll finish second. I think Man City have got a bit too much. Okay, and on that front then, their next game in the Premier League is against <laughs> Manchester City yeah. on Saturday. And then on Boxing Day, the one following, is against Liverpool. So if Leicester are really these serious title contenders that people have been talking about, they're going to have to show it in the next two games. It's massive for them, massive for them. They might surprise us. I can't see them beating Liverpool. Uh, the City game will be interesting. I think Vardy could drag them to a win there, even if the rest of the team didn't fancy it. I think he could sing. In the Liverpool defences look shaky, and Vardy seems to have a real penchant for worldies at Anfield or just against Liverpool in general. Like, <laughs> God, was it that volley a couple of seasons ago yeah. when they won the league? Bingo! Wow, crazy that was goal! Incredible goal! He could do it. He could really do it. And like you're saying, they have got some cracking players yeah. in the side. Against those two teams, though, mm. I'd still fancy Manchester City to beat Leicester. I still would. The way and they played against higher than them. Yeah, the way they played against Arsenal. If they can continue that, even at eighty percent of the level they showed against Arsenal. If De Bruyne even plays to. 75% of what he showed against Arsenal. Mm. Manchester City will beat most teams. He was amazing. As long as De Bruyne's brother doesn't get married anytime soon. Yeah, <laughs> on a Friday <laughs> night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think, I don't know, third third is the highest they can go. I think City will come second and they'll make it a lot closer than it is at the top with Liverpool now. It's 14 points now, I think. But mm. I think it'll be within 
within five or six points probably. Um, Leicester will be in a scrap with Spurs and Chelsea, I think, for them three, third, fourth and fifth places, um, which is why they could do with winning the cup. So then they've guaranteed something early earlier on. Yeah. Um, whereas, but I mean, the next two games, guess what? I've Googled the quote, so I know it. It's <laughs> iron sharpens iron. So there you go. Yeah, you <laughs> so I've learned something time. now. I'm going to get it tattooed <laughs> on my forehead um, after the Christmas party when I make bad decisions. <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, it is. It's it's difficult. That if if you want to know where you are in terms of in terms of where you stand it, with the big teams, play them back to back over Christmas. Like you can't ask for any any more of an acid test than that. So we'll see where they are. I can't see them beating City. I can see them giving uh, Liverpool more of a more of a fight than than City. I think City's style of play is a bit more like conducive to to sort of just being a little bit too good for them. Whereas Liverpool have scrapped their way to a few results recently. They weren't they weren't actually amazing against Watford at the weekend. Um I watched that game and Watford were better than I thought they were. Well, better than I thought they were gonna be. If Ismail Assar could kick a football, <laughs> yeah. they'd be banging trouble right now. But um you know, they they're grinding it out and if anyone's got enough to to have a little bit more and enough of a finisher to to hurt them, then it could be Leicester. Is it a case of striking while the iron's hot, Stefan? You know, Leicester have got this good squad. They've got this feel-good factor. They've got Brendan Rodgers. They might have players pinched in the summer, maybe even January if things go adversely for them. Is it time to strike while the iron's hot and really make a real push for that silverware, like you said? I sincerely sincerely hope nobody goes in January. That'd be a real shame. Um, Yeah, I think everybody kind of needs Liverpool to start losing some games through tiredness a little bit, and this is the period that might happen. Mm. Um, So the fact that they're playing both City and Liverpool at Christmas is mega. They'll be brilliant to watch those games. I don't know. I want Liverpool to start faltering. I want I want it to be interesting. You and me both, fella. My <laughs> life will not be worth living if they win the league. Leicester, of course, uh, have got it all to do if they do want to make themselves serious title contenders. I don't think they, they are, but it's hard to ignore them when they're doing so, so well. Of course, Boxing Day fixtures are always exciting because... It's nearly the time of year where you get to see the the Boxing Day fixture list from 1946 when yes. the score oh. was 10-8 to whoever yeah. because everyone been on the piss on Christmas Day. Oh, so bo- Boxing Day fixtures are so good. That's one of my social posts going out on Boxing Day because I'm not working on Boxing Day, so I'm scheduling it probably tomorrow <laughs> and then just leaving it. <laughs> this has been Football Social Daily. Thanks very much for listening to today's podcast. Thanks, Cameron. Thanks, Stefan. Thanks to Marley. I've been Niall. Don't forget to hit subscribe wherever you get your podcast and you'll never miss another episode again. We will be bringing you podcasts all through Christmas and we've got a couple of Christmas specials lined up for you as well. So keep your ears peeled for those. But that's it for now and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.